In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is Purple Rain by Prince. Guys, I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking. In honor of Prince, I've decided this podcast needs is a cool overhaul. Mm. Listening to all this Prince has made me realize we are not cool enough, okay? And I know that might come as a shock to a lot of people. But I'm thinking about changing the name of the podcast. How about this? Rob and the Revolution. Mm. That sounds all right. But I I think if if we wanted to go next level, maybe we do like Prince did and and change it to a symbol. And I've actually, I'm glad you brought this up, Rob, because I had a few symbols in mind I wanted to to drop and share with you Oh, great. Why don't you share your screen real quick here on the Zoom? Yeah, let me just go ahead and share the screen. All right. First one. All right. So, yep. So I'm looking at these, and it's just, let's see, it's about a dozen or so pictures of his wife's feet. Okay. That sounds good. (laughs) When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, but you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear for guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Did it better. Welcome everybody to Beck Did It Better, and this is our horniest album yet, and I am totally here for it. Guys, think if you will a picture of you and I engaged in a kiss. And that's it. I just wanted you to think about that. I don't know. It doesn't really have anything to do with the album. I just thought it was an interesting thing to start with. Uh, now that you're all excited and ramped up, let me introduce you to my sexy co-host. We've got Sexy Russell in Minnesota. Sexy Russell, how are you doing? Rob, I'm not your co-host. I'm not your friend. I'm something our listeners will never comprehend. That's not wow. Yes. That I, yes. I, I, when we in uh, Minneapolis, I'm, I'm all thrown off. I don't know where to go for that. <laughs> in Minneapolis, we've got sexy Matt. Matt, how are you doing? Doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me. Aaron, how are you doing? <laughs> Aaron's not sexy enough to be called out on this. Aaron podcast. out in California, how are you doing, Aaron? Yeah, it doesn't I'm, feel good, I'm, does it? This is how I felt in high school, Aaron. <laughs> The Aaron Rob relationship uh, is starting off great today, by the way. <laughs> I'm really good. I'm very excited to talk about this album. I'm excited about the the next uh, three albums in this round. Eight, nine, and ten are going to be really exciting. Oh, I'm good. Sexy Thanks. album after Thanks sexy album. <laughs> Let's talk about rolling going. How's it going, everybody? It's 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 time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling going. Oh, all right, yeah. Russell. Rolling going. How's it going? Rolling going. As you guys know, I I've been to a record store once. I kind of had a panic, and I decided a, a few days ago <laughs> that I was going to actually try it again and take your advice. You know, Matt gave me the advice of if I don't know what to get, just ask for the Pearl Jam, and if they don't have it, I can leave. Aaron, you said something along but the lines of y- you'll, you, Aaron, you'll find. You just kind of said. You know, find something and just do the pity buy. You got to buy something. You got to walk out of there with something. So I wait, decided wait, wait. I what great go- advice did I give? What great advice did I give? Um, I, I kept looking at the, the guy who sells the records feet and he asked me to leave immediately. <laughs> so I, I, I had to go to a different record store this time. Oh, I asked for that one. OK, sorry to interrupt. So I, I w- decided to go back to my local record store and I went in with a plan this time. And so I thought I'm going to go in there and I'm specifically going to look for Prince Purple Rain 
And then if for whatever reason they don't have it, I'm just going to go down the top 500 list until I find a record that they have. Oh, this is exciting. Oh, my so, God. I can hardly I'm wait. I'm on pins and needles. I got it. They had to have Purple Rain. But it was probably like 35 bucks. Shh. Do you hear that? It's time to talk about So dumb. Okay. I'm so excited for this. I love this segment. So I go into the record store, and like I said, this time I've got a plan because I don't want to panic. I don't want to get record store anxiety. I just want to go in there and run my system. And so I go in and I start running my plays, and I'm starting. I go look for Prince Purple Rain, and I don't find it at first. Oh yeah, I, I script the first twenty plays of this. I'm like I'm like Mike Martz or whatever that guy's name was from the Rams. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. Bill Walsh. Yep. And so I start going through and I don't see Purple Rain, but I start kind of going through all the, the used records and I'm just going down the list. So I go back to Pet Sounds. I'm I'm doing Joni Mitchell Blue. I'm going down all the list of anyone we've covered that I, I don't already own. They don't have any of these, right? Record stores have nothing good. I, I've kind of come to the conclusion. <laughs> but eventually I decided I was kind of freaking out. They had no Pearl Jam. I didn't want to ask the guy because I looked what? at his feet earlier. No Pearl Jam record, zero. <laughs> That's not true. And so eventually I decide, okay, I'm going to switch my strategy, and I figured I would walk you guys through my strategy and what I came up with. So I, th- I thought you guys would be excited about this. Okay, I'm if you so want to follow along at home, go into a record store, push pause on the podcast, go into a record store, get in there, really settle in, and then push play and do the step-by-step things that Russell's going to tell you right now. Yeah, pre- pretend like we're in your like Mission Impossible. Exactly. So- so Toast. the first thing Toast. the first thing I did, I figured they had to have Prince Purple Rain. I just had to go look for like the new record where there's there's like 20 or 30 new records up by the, the door. So I walked over there and yes, they did have Purple Rain on vinyl. So I picked up Purple Rain as my first record of the day. Nice. Yes. And is it like a special purple vinyl re-edition, re- reissue or anything? That doesn't oh, look like is, he's opened it. it. It it oh it's open. Can you oh. not see the the Prince poster on the back of my wall in the oh, Zoom yeah. call right now? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> it's covering up his D'Angelo poster he had up there before. Uh. But yeah, I see it. <laughs> so after I found Prince Purple Rain, I decided I'm going to go to the bargain bin and buy the coolest one I can find for a dollar. Whatever I so, go, I'm going to flip through there and pick one out for a dollar. Russell, where did you go? What store did you go to again? I missed it. It's a, the store in Richfield. I don't know if it's called. Cheapo, I don't know what it's 60th in Portland. Yeah, yeah, that's Minneapolis. That's uh, yeah, I'll look it up. That's a great place, but yeah, sorry, I interrupted. So sorry. I go to the dollar, the dollar bin, and I'm flipping through, and there's a lot of stuff that I'm just this is where I was panicking originally because I'm like, I don't want to buy these terrible records, even if if Aaron tells me I have to buy something, right? Yeah. <laughs> but so I did come across this is I don't know if this is the one we we listened to on the list recently, but I came across Linda Ronstadt's greatest hits for a oh, dollar. So I got that one for a buck. Ooh, she can you know, you know who would be so excited for that is my wife. She is on the biggest Linda Ronstadt kick. She was asking me when we're going to do her album on the podcast because she wants to like watch a documentary about it. It got bumped way back. Yeah, I, I didn't have the heart to tell her that. I said, "Oh, real soon," and then she'll you know forget eventually. <laughs> the next thing I went to look for on the list was the next highest album I could find that was up in the top 100. So I was just looking for anything that was in the top 100, and I'm flipping through all these records just looking for something. And the one I came across, I think this is in the 20s, is Carol King Tapestry. Oh, oh yeah. I That's love that album. When I, That's a when I listened to that on the list, so good. So good. So far and then away. For my fourth album, I just wanted to get something that I thought would be super fun. And I came across this, and we've talked about this one before, and I had to get it. 
It is the cocktail soundtrack with Coke oh, on side too. Oh, awesome. oh, and the cover of Rave On on there. Oh, there's some good stuff on now, that. Now, now, Russell, I gotta ask you. I, I have to ask you. Yeah. When you brought the cocktail, I hid that soundtrack. one at the bottom of the stack. <laughs> <laughs> when you brought that up to the counter, did that record guy uh, give you a look? I mean, because this would be what would make me nervous. I mean, you're buying prints. You're I, you're buying some legit ones, and then you're getting the cocktail soundtrack. Well, Rob. Yes, I was a bit nervous, and I kept literally. I sat in the corner for a little bit, like moving them around in an order where I thought it would be most respectable. Because he's like, "Do I put the Prince one first? Because then he's probably like, oh, this is just some dude who lives in Minnesota. He's yeah. buying Prince.'" And then the other ones, I was like, uh, "Maybe he's just buying this cheap one dollar one." So I kind of had to go through a strategy of how I how I presented them. But well, you were in but, the corner fiddling around. He probably had his finger right on the pervert alarm. He was like, "Okay, I'm going to hit this very soon." <laughs> well, All these perverts if, coming in here. Well, if he were to hit the pervert alarm, he would have hit it on this fifth album because I went with the most perverted one I could find, oh. and that is the big bopper Chantilly oh Lace. God. Oh no, <laughs> Russell, this is incredible. Hey, is, baby. We had some moments Did on you this buy podcast. my album, baby? <laughs> Chantilly Lace put it in He's my back. face. Oh, baby. I love playing my album. I think it's so great. I died, baby, in a plane crash. Oh, no, I'm the big bopper. I'm doing all the jokes from the last episode because I can't think of anything new. I'm dead, baby. Oh, no. Have you listened to the big bopper record yet? <laughs> I did listen to the Big Bopper, and I had to listen to that Chantilly Lace song, but I was so disappointed because I thought the actual lyrics were Chantilly Lace, put it in my face, like Robin <laughs> sang before, and they're not. I don't remember what they were, but the Big Bopper album is actually pretty awesome. Let's be very clear for our two female listeners out there. That wasn't Rob, baby. That was me, the Big Bopper, a character that when I say things, it doesn't reflect what Rob thinks. It is not the opinions of this podcast, baby. <laughs> I'm not so that, circumcised, baby. Oh, no. That, oh, oh, no. no. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> the Big Bopper ran out of things to say real fast today, baby. <laughs> so that was my adventure in the record store. And I feel like now I have a new plan and a new approach where I can go in there and look for, hey, I'm looking for something that I just think is fun, the coolest $1 record I can find, the next highest one on the list, and a new one. And the most perverted one I can find. <laughs> because I feel like I can execute on that strategy every single time. I like to think That's of you putting the, the big bopper record on the counter and being like, pretty perverted, huh? And the guy's like, wait, what? You're like, yeah, like, pretty perverted. I've seen way worse. <laughs> so that's why when you guys were asking me if I was embarrassed about the cocktail one, I was like, no, I was more embarrassed about the big bopper one. <laughs> Oh, Russell, that's great. Well, I'm I'm so happy that you're going into that record store now. You're going to be the record store guy. No name soon. records, yeah. No name records. That's the you'll, 60th in Portland. You, great place. You'll know you're comfortable in there when you're judging other people in there. Like when they're buying albums, and you're like, I can't believe you'd buy the cocktail soundtrack. Rookie. That's when you know you've made it. Listen to some of these songs in this cocktail album, though. Beyond Kokomo oh, Inside Two, you oh, guys yes. don't worry, be happy. Oh, hippie yep. hippie shake, rave oh. on by John Cougar Mellencamp. Yes, yeah. that's what all I'm talking shook about. up. Tutti Fruity by Little Richard. This thing is is a Man. jam. It's fun. It's just super fun. I thought Purple Rain was a horny album. <laughs> I was I was wrong. That's a horny. It's not okay. a horny album. It's all about God. We, it's all about living. We need life. a no, we need a no, counter to count right the now. hornies on this on this episode. <laughs> gonna, yeah, right before I'm I started, I said, "Guys, don't mention the word horny," and they were like, "Huh? <laughs> what?" Uh, rolling, going, Matt. How's it going with you? It's going good. I, uh, I I keep listening to the radio. I keep coming up with uh, useless facts. But I actually heard one 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go. I got a Prince one that I want to share, but I'm gonna go first with a, a stat that I think is absolutely crazy. Okay. Credence Clearwater Revival between March of 1969 and October of 1970 had five songs that reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100 list. Damn. And they've never had a number one song. No number ones. Wow. But between March 1969 and October 1970, Proud Mary, Bad Moon Rising, Green River, Traveling Band, and Looking Out My Back Door. Green River. All of them reached number two. None of them reached number one. Wow. And And if I did enough research, I probably would have had what those number one songs were, but... It's kind of hard to find on Google, so I just gave up. But <laughs> maybe try <laughs> and to move. I would open. A, I would go buy a CCR album and then look at the liner notes. I think that's where you'll find all your answers. Yeah, but none I mean, of those are my favorite CCR one. tune. My favorite is Lodi. I, I thought Lodi would have made it, but I guess not. No. What the fuck are you talking? What is Lodi? (laughs) Lodi is a great. Ah, Lodi is a great tune. Okay, well I'm gonna play in the background. Do you hear it playing in the background right now? It's Lodi. 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 But yeah, but five five songs in like an 18 month period that reached number two, but none of them reached number one. I thought that was crazy. And then the other thing is that Prince on his uh, the first album that he ever put out. um, He he was credited as called For You when he was 20 years old. He got, at the record plant. God damn it! Don't. Was, that's my thing. Stop. What? <laughs> Rosie, Shh. you're stepping on my bit. You're Great, stepping on Rosie. my bit now. Now I don't like it. It's the one oh, bit I have. Sorry. It's actual Shit, information from Wikipedia. I'm done. Okay. Damn it! Edit it out. Edit me out. Start over. I can't. It's too late. All right. But on this album, he's credited with playing 27 instruments. Holy shit! As a 20 year old, 27, and I thought that is absolutely nuts. He's listed as all vocals. <laughs> Deep breaths. He's credited with having <laughs> no, deep well, breaths. Hold on, yeah. hold on. Uh, hold on. Let me finish. I dated a girl once with deep breasts. <laughs> <laughs> breaths, this is? Yeah, I know. Oh, no. <laughs> do, they, do, do they list the finger symbols as one instrument? Or hold two? on. <laughs> electric, no. electric guitar, not, not acoustic guitar, bass, bass synth, singing bass, fuzz bass, electric piano, acoustic piano, mini moog. Poly Moog. What the hell? Those is are all Moog? synthesizers. Arp string ensemble. Arp pro soloist. Oberheim four voice. Oh yeah, I was going to go with my Oberheim four voice tonight. <laughs> gotta, yeah, it's got to be. Here's what scene. I got for. I love it Rosie. when I'm out rolling with my four boys. Here, I'm going <laughs> to switch my microphone onto my Oberheim four voice. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. <laughs> a clavinet. What is a clavinet? It's like a. Piano clarinet type. broken half. <laughs> <laughs> How broke I my clarinet? Now it's a clarinet. I think, a clarinet I think, it's, a, I think it's a keyboard yeah. instrument, right? It's Without a sexy read. It's a sexy clarinet. Yeah. Drums, syndromes, water drums, slapsticks, bongos, <laughs> congas. <laughs> slapsticks. Finger symbols, and it says finger <laughs> symbols. It's got it's plural, <laughs> right. Russell. Just for but you. But it counts it only as one instrument, not two, right? Don't. Uh, Guys, don't make me make. We might need to ask jokes. the big bopper. <laughs> don't know. Oh, baby, even the big bopper's not going to make a finger symbols joke, baby. Wind chimes, orchestral bells, wood blocks, brush trap, 
tree bell, hand claps, and finger snaps. Oh, baby, did you say brush trap? <laughs> uh, sorry, that joke was funnier in my head. I, I have to say, did you say that he played slapstick on it? I picture Prince like walking in and there's a banana peel on the ground and he's Slap like, Slapsticks and bongos. Yeah, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. That's the greatest slapstick solo I've ever seen in my life. So those are the uh, the, the couple of useless facts I got that I thought were pretty darn cool. Um, did you did you, was guitar on that list? I didn't. I don't know if I heard guitar. Like did he just electric not, guitar, oh, okay. acoustic guitar? Yeah, those right. are the first. Uh, those are right after deep breaths. breaths <laughs> on the list. Yeah. Speaking of Bobby McFerrin, I mean, he did that whole thing with no instruments. I mean, what's more impressive? Uh, nothing apparently. R.I.P. This podcast. I mean, I just. Why would I bring up Bobby McFerrin right now? God damn it! Don't worry, Rob. Be Go happy. It's all right. Don't worry. Move, move to Rosie's rolling. Go move on. on. Be, be happy, happy Rob. That all was right. awesome, Matt. <laughs> nice work. That's rolling, incredible. going, Rosie. How's it going? It's uh, it's rolling. It's rolling, going uh, good. Uh, it's um, going differently than it's ever really been. I killed the, the whole podcast. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to you live from my podcast studio, which it's is currently flow going. also my house. Uh, I'm living in the garage uh, this week. Mm-hmm. I had the honor is the to rat travel. there with you or not? Yeah, yeah. So that's a funny story. I can hear the rats at night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I hear them scrambling around in the nighttime. Trim that on, ivy, um, man. Trim that ivy. Trim that ivy. On yeah. Sunday night, it was uh, a hellacious windstorm, so I couldn't hear the rats. But um, last night, I heard them pretty well. Uh, yes, I travel. I had the, the honor of traveling to Iowa for uh, one of our uh, our um, best listeners' wedding, and uh, that was a wonderful time. Saw my family, but it, I did see. Uh, I left my usual bubble, so I'm quarantining uh, in the garage. And um, the, I think the most interesting part about that is that my garage. Um, I mean, as you guys can imagine, I don't live in like a typical you know house. So our garage does not have an automatic door. It has a um, manual door that slides and only closes with a padlock. So um, my wife locks oh, me no. in the garage. Oh, no. No. no, I don't even want to hear this. No. This seems like a fire hazard. <laughs> this that, is bad. I don't even want to and know then, this right now. I, I this would is, never, do you have a door? In a million you have a years, door on your... I would never I trust my wife to lock me in a garage and then oh, later no. come let me out. Do you like no, tell a out. friend how to get you out just in case? Or? Oh, my God. I go out the window. So I, our like back is our backyard is locked, and like there's a gate to our backyard that's locked. So then I I hop out the window. So like when I have to go to the bathroom at night, I just hop out the window and oh go no, the buckets are. It's like the reverse that, of that Beatles song. That rat's looking at you like, what the hell are you doing? Instead man? of coming in the bathroom window, <laughs> you're going out the window to go to the bathroom. It's a whole switcheroo. <laughs> it's I know, but I will say it's been it's, it's been not a, opposite day. <laughs> yeah. So I'm here at least until Friday when I get a COVID test that hopefully comes back negative, and then I'll be back. Or Sunday if your wife uh, decides to give you a little more punishment, <laughs> you sick freak. Aaron, the real question is, is how many microwaves do you have hit out there and how many bags of microwave popcorn are popping I- right now? <laughs> I mean, I would have yeah, yeah. I would have those things rolling right no, now. No, he were puts you. the microwave. He puts it right into a thing of plastic and microwaves that. And he's like, "Yeah, I can do what I want out here. It's a man cave." <laughs> I could just picture his wife just oh no, pulling that door nice. down and just locking that locket, just walking away with the biggest cheesing oh. grin. Oh. That she, he's fucking <laughs> gone all so night. Free, free at last, free at last. So do you Does have like a bed early? Does she have to lock you in at like 6 p.m.? Or, or how long do you have to be in there for? 
I mean, she usually locks me in about nine. Tonight she locked me in early because I was in here doing the podcast. But it um, seems like a bad usually, episode of that Desperate Housewives show or whatever that was back in the day. And then, uh, and then I have a tent set up in here because so the so the rats don't get into the tent. And then I got the air mattress oh. in the tent. Yeah, that's oh. gonna um, stop them. Oh, yeah. Last night I listened to a podcast while I was going to sleep. Uh, Michelle and Dega Ocello on Heat Rocks talking about Purple Rain. So that was wonderful. And uh, yeah, it's you know it's uh, we're we're living. I got a lot of snacks out here. It's pretty good. You know. Okay, shut up. You're, we're still talking about you being locked in the garage by your wife, and then you're talking about how this is just like a normal thing. I, I got to ask you a question, Aaron. Okay, yeah, that's and I'll probably edit this out. But, uh, but what what if you have to go number two? What are you doing then? <laughs> Like, are you, are you out in the backyard? Like, like, does your wife also have to pick up after you like a dog? Like, do you have doggy bags and you have no, to- I am. So yeah, so I am, I'm sleeping out. He's <laughs> just still sitting by a bat on an airplane and letting it rip. <laughs> oh, uh, I am, uh, I'm going inside, uh, to go number two, uh, which is usually around 8am. Oh, I'm sick. pretty, you know, sick I'm pretty up. like pretty much right on. So I do that around in between 745 today. Yep. And then I'm, uh, and I'm and I'm wearing a mask when I go inside, and then I, I wear a mask. I go in about four p.m. and um, we close the kitchen door, and I cook dinner. And uh, tonight I made tuna melts and green beans. It took me like, took me like forty five minutes. I don't know what's wrong with so me. So you'll probably be going to the bathroom earlier than eight a.m. tomorrow, I guess, by the sounds of that. <laughs> hey, I'm stuck in the garage with no bathroom, and I have to be right inside to go number two. What should I, mean, I eat? Oh, how about a ton of tuna my, melts? Yum yum. I would have cooked a seven course meal and let that thing last yeah. for like four hours. Yeah, I come over, I have a huge gallon of milk, and I'm just sitting in the garage. Like, oh yeah, this is great. Let's, this is fun. I mean, I have the keys to the house. Like, it's not like I can't get into the house if I need. But you are locked just... in the garage. But you're locked in the garage. Yeah, Show but us the window. The Where's? Window. Yeah, but how high up is the window? Like, is it funny to watch you go out of the window? Okay, I mean, I we're know. seeing it. Okay. So All she's got to right do is there. literally there's like a lot of like underwear right in the garage. I don't know why he's got so many pairs of underwear up there. There's a window right there. Yeah, but that's high up. That window is higher than your waist. So you're like having. So like when you go out the window, do you go out like head first and then have to fall down and be like, oh, then kind of flip. Well, I do. Yeah, I do have to like kind of step over like a hurdle kind of thing, and then like yeah, I don't. I've tried not to crunch my nuts when I go out, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting you know setup. But I mean. Try my wife's the one who's got it tough. Like my son's been awake twice a night for the last two nights, and he's up before seven a.m. So, like, I mean, I'm, it's, she's got it tougher than I do. Speaking of relationships gone wrong, Rob, how's it going with you? How's Roland going? <laughs> what was I going to talk about? Oh, you know what? I am ordering right now. I am ordering um, Halloween costumes for the kids. Mm-hmm. Of course, because it's last minute. If you notice, like Halloween is coming up in four days. I know when, when you're listening to this now, you're like, wait, this is in the past. Yeah, get wrap your brain around it. So we're ordering it last minute. And I was thinking of it, and, and it's kind of coincidental ordering costumes because guess what my favorite Halloween costume of all time was? And it happened at college. Guess what I dressed up as? Aaron, who's living in his garage. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I had a window. I was halfway through. <laughs> By the way, Aaron, type in like stuck Stuck stepmom in window, and I think you'll get a very funny video. <laughs> Just check it out sometime. It'll it'll apply to you in a garage. I think um, the intersection with that and the big bopper, there's a there a broad intersection between those two searches. Oh baby, the big bopper's your neighbor and he likes to watch you go to the bathroom outside, baby. Oh, oh yeah, oh, no, you know no, what no. I like. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, oh, the big Baba's taking a weird turn, baby. I remember yeah, so I went and costume. bought a Austin Powers costume uh, top that fit me. It was a miracle. I don't know who they were for that it fit me. And then I went, even more <laughs> impressive, I went to Woodstock, or Ragstock, I'm sorry, 
uh, I, I was, unlike Joni Mitchell, I went to Woodstock and I bought a, uh, a leather pants, which mm-hmm. also fit me, which is just mind blowing. Now that I think about like, if I had to go out and buy leather pants now that fit me, I'd be like, I, does that even exist? And then I cut the butt out of the leather pants oh. with my Austin <laughs> power top. And I wore purple sunglasses, much like uh, Aaron in high school. And I was Prince. For Halloween, nice. and I walked around with my yes. butt hanging out because I remember it being like, oh, no, am I going to have to like shave my butt because my butt's going to be hanging out? <laughs> and then when I put on the costume, much like Prince's, I think, MTV Music Awards when he had his just two butt cheeks hanging out, my butt actually looked a lot like Prince's. A lot of people don't realize this. I actually have a very small butt for how big I am, and it's totally hairless. It's like two hard-boiled eggs sticking out of a, the pants. And I had so many hot, blonde, attractive women take pictures with my butt in college. And a few of them have sent them to me like in the last five years. And I was like, best days of my life right there. My kids are like, what'd you say? And I'm like, yeah, you heard me. Best days of my life. I'll say it to your face. Uh, So I was going to ask you guys, what is your Halloween? What was your best Halloween costume that you ever had? What were the one you were most proud of? I have two. My first one is I also have two. For, for a, a few parties, I would say early 20s, I went as Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the, the pro wrestler, where I painted on, like, the black beard. I had the championship yeah. belt. So I did that once. There is a picture of you with that outfit and then where I am just wearing an adult diaper and I have a big bottle and I was the human baby. <laughs> yeah, that was just a Friday. It wasn't Halloween or anything, though. <laughs> Don't kink shame me, please. But, but my second one... I think was actually pretty cool. So this job I had out of college, I used to work in kind of a cube farm. You know, you're working with all these people in cubes. And in my cube group and our team, it was me and seven women. So we decided to, for our like Halloween thing at work, I went as Snow White and they were the seven dwarfs. So one of my coworkers went online. This is so much funnier with the visual of Russell as Snow White. I think that's very, very funny. One of my coworkers goes online and purchases some Snow White outfit but then they had to cut the back out of it and put like a spandex filler in there. Sounds like my there's Prince no way outfit. that thing was going to fit me. So <laughs> I ended up, you know, getting the wig and then I went as Snow White and they were the seven dwarfs. And we actually won a $200 gift card. And the lady who sat next to me took it. And then we were going to go out and do like a happy hour or something. And she claimed she lost it. And I know damn well oh, she spent that shit. She used it. Wow. That's cold <laughs> shit. That's which dwarf, cold shit. Which dwarf was she? Lai? Dopey. <laughs> oh. Okay, wait. Wait. No. No, no, no. I'm going to edit a better joke in. Which dwarf was she? Lai? I can't think of another one. God dang it. No. Okay, so, uh, so that, I stalled the those podcast. Those were my best two. How it, it kind of spans both the <laughs> super masculine and super feminine. I've been Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Snow White. Matt, what about you? Uh, go to Rosie. Go to Rosie first. <laughs> Matt's like, All I right, don't dress I, up for Halloween. My kids would kill me. They're not even allowed to. My kids uh, aren't even allowed to dress yeah. up for Halloween. For Halloween, I, I teach also. them discipline. My when I was a kid, my mom went all out for me one time and made made me a Karate Kid uh, costume. So I had like the full with the full Karate Kid headband and everything. So shout out my mom for hooking me up. Were you Karate Kid? Were you Cobra Kai never dies like Johnny Lawrence sweep the leg or were you were you no that would have been son. I saw a picture of this. His mom, his mom dressed him up like Mr. Miyagi. It's very controversial. <laughs> I did not like it. I thought it was super offensive, and I think it's wrong oh, that your no, mom did that. Oh, no, bad. No, Russell. I, true story. I didn't learn that it was more fun to cheer for the villain until I met Russell. So I, yeah, I was full on, you know, <laughs> Ralph Macchio. I was not. I didn't. I didn't realize how much fun it was to cheer for the villain. Uh, so that was a good one. And then my other favorite one, Russell knows this one uh, is also pro wrestling related. Uh, my son's first Halloween, he would have been like 
six months old and he had no hair at all. Uh, and so if listeners, you may not, may or may not know that I'm also bald. So my son and I went as stone cold Steve's Austin and we both were stone cold. We both had Austin 316 t-shirts. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I attempted a goatee, shave my head, you know, shave my head like I usually do. He had some little jorts. It was, uh, it was, I'm pretty proud of that one. That's awesome. And Matt, isn't it the case when people ask who Aaron is on the podcast that that's the, the photo that you share with people? <laughs> that's the photo I share. Yeah, here's Aaron. You know, this fits his personality. <laughs> White trash guy, drinks a lot of beer. Aaron, yep. how, about, yeah. how about you take you take your bald baby, get some pants, cut out the oh, butt, no. put your head and the baby's head through it, and your prince's butt. <laughs> Hello? Give we're me some here. candy. I'm here. Butt. No, we're here. Okay. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm just... <laughs> uh, you know what, Aaron? I would die for you. Uh, and let's talk about Purple Rain. Uh, Matt, do you have Matt? Do you have your Halloween oh, yeah. costume? No, Matt got yet? mad at me last time. I'm scared of Matt now. No, uh, you, you guys will be shocked to, to know this, but I can't effing stand Halloween. <laughs> I can't stand Halloween. And I can't Matt stand is a New Year's. Old daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Rob, I've never seen your arm move so fast. <laughs> you get that thing up. I, I, I've never been good at, at dressing up, finding a costume because you always think you've got the best one, and then somebody like Russell always comes just way over the top. It's got an oh, awesome. No. You know, uh, is this is this because Snow you dressed as regular Hulk Hogan that one time, and then Russell showed up as Hollywood <laughs> Hulk? Came as <laughs> NW, yeah, Hollywood Hulk with his NWO. You went as yeah, Terry Bollea. You went as just Hulk when he's not in costume. And everybody's like, and wait, then, what? And then Rob showed up as the Hulk Hogan that had that um, that that uh, adult video that got taped of him by Gawker <laughs> or whatever, and just topped us both. Oh, I just had some sushi. Blah. <laughs> Oh, I love fucking my wife's friend, brother. <laughs> Wait, I love fucking my friend's wife, brother. Sorry, going to edit that in later. Okay, friend's let me get a clean take on that. Friend's wife's brother. <laughs> Matt, what you going to do when Hulk Hogan pornographic style runs wild on you? <laughs> Guys, can we go through one podcast where I don't have to edit out so much stuff about Hulk Hogan sex tape? Please. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. so, so I'll, I'll wrap it up. But, but like you know, the uh, you, you always think it's gonna half of it is my fault, right? Like I it always wait till the eleventh hour to try to find a costume because mm-hmm. I just don't care. Yep. And then everybody else has done such a great job, and then I come and it's just half assed, and I just can't stand. I, so I, I give up. I give up on Halloween. I give up on New Year's. We're not gonna whatever the plans are. Just. I just want to go to bed. I don't want, you know, so Halloween, <laughs> New Year's, they never live up what to the hype. What does New Year's have to do with this? You just threw New Year's into the mix. Like, no, the two, the two things, like, everybody everybody plans, you know, in our 20s, teens and 20s, college, you know, there's always big Halloween parties. Right? The guys came as babies and, or wrestlers, yep. you know. Yep. And, that's why That might be why Russell and I were having dating problems at the time. I have to say, though, <laughs> Matt, I believe one year I dressed up as Hulk Hogan and Rob dressed up as the baby. And that was at a party at your house. Yeah, it was. It was, was at Matt a party at my house. Matt was upstairs in his bedroom just going to be like, God damn it. He was, he was upstairs. He was upstairs just like this. Like, I got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
know. Everybody thinks it's so fun to dress up. Well, guess what? It's not. You guys just don't understand, man. You just don't understand. If anyone comes up here, I'm going to show them this Hulk Hogan sex tape. Now, that is not the party, by the way, Russell and I were at one time where we just played. I just watched. Actually, I just watched Russell play Mike Tyson's punch out. That was a different party. <laughs> that was a party at Aaron's house. A quote yes, unquote party where everyone else party. is like, everyone else is like, this is so much fun. And I'm like, Russell, I can't believe this. You're so good at this game. Like I was just pumping Russell up. If, if Rolling Stone were to do a top 500 list of why I'm still single, me going to a Halloween party and playing Mike Tyson's punch out for two hours would be 501. Listen, if I could dress up with my butt showing Russell, you just have to have self-confidence. You got, you can do whatever you want. Okay. The two little eggs. Uh, I will say Matt is sharing his screen and I'm looking at his Excel sheet and it does just say all holidays on there. So I think it just, that's not good. Uh, All right. So let's talk about purple rain. The reason we're whole, we're all here. We're whole. The reason we're all here to talk about Purple Rain, I think the best way to talk about this is I want to talk about Prince's just history in general rather than the album. Uh, so Prince was born in 1958. Feel old yet? Uh, no, sorry. Uh, and he was born as Prince Rogers Nelson. <laughs> Prince is actually his real name because that was his dad's stage name. His dad was a jazz pianist. Okay, guys. I, I just muted all your laughter. <laughs> I mean, it's just so, – and his mom was a jazz singer, and the dad's stage name was Prince Rogers. So that's what he wanted to name his son was his dad's stage name. So literally it would be like Terry Bollea naming his kid Hollywood Hulk Hogan, which I think is brilliant. <laughs> um, but Prince Maybe hated the name. like his father too bold. <laughs> Jake, Jake the Snake. When Prince was younger, he hated the name, and he made everybody call him Skipper. So this album could be Skipper Purple Rain, which is a whole different – uh, and he wrote his first song at seven, and the song was called Funk Machine, which is mm-hmm. unbelievable. If my kid wrote a song at seven named Funk Machine, I'd be the most proud dad in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. then he went to school in Minneapolis, of course, in central Minneapolis, and he met Jimmy Jam in 1973, and then went out to Sausalito to the same recording studio that Fleetwood Mac was at. They got the wow. waterbed floors, they got the nitrous oxide coming in, and he made his first uh, album called For You. And you know what his first single was off that album? Soft and Wet. Soft and wet. Okay, and who knows? Wet. He could be talking about anything. Okay, he's probably talking about the waterbed floor. <laughs> he's like, ooh, ooh, this waterbed floor is so soft and wet. I mean, Left who knows? Over sandwich in your. <laughs> I wrote down here he played every instrument on the album. I don't think that's in- that interesting. So I- interesting. So I won't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I heard it was twenty-seven of them. It's so good. Uh, and then this album was the first one where he started playing with a band, The Revolution. And this album spent 24 weeks on the top of the charts in 1984. And he won an Academy Award for this for Best Original Song Score in a Movie. He was the first person since Elvis and the Beatles, where at the same time in the United States, he had a number one single, an album, and a film. But I did want to say that I did, uh, speaking of me screwing up, this is one of the biggest screw-ups ever. In 2004, I saw Prince live at the Excel Energy Center in St. Paul, and I bought tickets for me and my two friends and not the woman who I was currently engaged to. Uh, And it turns out that that was a huge mistake and really one of those life lessons I'll never, ever forget. She was so mad at me. She didn't speak to me for like days. She was so upset. And I was like, I don't get what the big deal is. And then I went and saw the concert and I came home. She was like, how was it? I was like, oh, it was awesome. It was the best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) And then it turns out that's also a mistake that I made. So I've I've made, you know, it might surprise you. I've made a few mistakes. Were the Uh, boiled eggs hanging out of your pants at that concert or not? (laughs) Yeah, I was dressed like Prince at the concert and everybody said, sir, please. I have a Prince ticket uh, mistake also, if you're interested to hear it. It's not, uh, not so anyway, exciting. the set list for the... <laughs> <no>. <laughs> he came what to a- Oakland in March of 2016. 
on a piano and a microphone tour. So it was just Prince with his with his piano. I got to listen playing, to the album still. Yeah, well, I, well, that album's from 83, but this was like he was doing it again. And I was going to get tickets. My brother was in town. I got in on the Ticketmaster site. It was at Oracle Arena, and tickets were $275. So I, I was thinking about buying tickets. I got in. I had some seats, and then I thought, I don't know. You know, Oracle's big. It's just piano, nothing else. Maybe that's maybe this is overpriced. And that was March of 2016. And then, you know, what was it? Six weeks later, he was gone. And I wow. I totally, I every day. So that that moment, that regret changed my relationship to music and musicians and and even how I think about decisions in my life. Because what would I, what, what have I done with that, uh, that three times $275, whatever that is. Experiences over things. Maybe yeah, again, man. Maybe Experiences again. over things. I can't believe that a guy who's sleeping, who's locked in his garage, yeah. sleeping in a tent on an air mattress would make a bad decision. Like, this is so <laughs> yeah. crazy. Dude. Yeah, I would have got a garage door opener personally. Yeah. Oh, wait, Aaron's not here. He has to go to the bathroom. He is opening the window and falling out. <laughs> But I want to show you this set list real quick. I just I'll hit the I'll hit the high notes. He played on this in this concert 34 songs. Uh, it was the musicology tour, so he started with that. But let's go crazy, and then I would die for you. Then when doves cry, and then oh baby, God. I'm a star. So it's just purple rain hit after purple rain hit, and then he played a uh, he played some other songs I don't want to get into. But then he played a solo guitar set where it's just him and a guitar, little red Corvette. Cream, Raspberry Beret. Oh, that's my favorite Prince song. Uh, And then he finished with, and then a bunch more, but he finished with then uh, Kiss, and then Purple Rain was his final. So should we get into this track by track? Yeah. Why not? Uh, The first song, so Aaron, you're telling me that this song is about God, and I think this first song especially, or you're telling me this album's about God. Can you explain that real quick? Yeah, well, I think all of Prince's life, he sort of, uh, I wouldn't say struggled, but he was always thinking about the spiritual aspect of things. I don't know exactly when he became fully Jehovah's Witness. I don't know the whole. Well, he, um, he was raised as a Seventh Day. He was, a, was raised as a Seventh Day Adventist by his parents. Right. So he was always thinking about these things, and I think he. I think Let's Go Crazy, at least according to the internet, was was an exhortation to live in a Christian manner, and that the elevator was supposed to mean the devil, and that this was a song where he was. Uh, you know, talking about let's live our life in a Christian way. And if you've seen, um, there was a concert uh, from the Purple Rain tour that was on YouTube briefly over the summer, and uh, which is incredible to watch. I don't know if it's still there, but um, he goes through some very extended uh, sort of skits where he's talking to God and dealing with his guilt and uh, dealing with conversations with God. So I, I think he was always thinking about God and the spiritual um, and it's not that different from Marvin Gaye to me. I mean, it seems like it follows a through line of someone who was like clearly very much into sex and just didn't see a, a clear delineating line between God and sex. He was able to sing about both. But I know that some of these songs on this album, he stopped performing in public for a while. Um, I would die for you being one of them. All right. So let's talk about Let's Go Crazy. I didn't know that the lyrics... The, the lyrics of the song is actually D elevator. If you read the lyrics, which yeah, I, I didn't, didn't I, I didn't. never knew that, and I still don't know quite what that means. But apparently, it's the devil. It's a good way to start an album, too. Oh my god, all time oh, start, geez. all time start. Right? Uh, when I listen to this, first of all, this album's forty two minutes, so I listen to this like a right. million times. It is over great. and over. Yeah, it's, I love it so fast. Every time this song came on, I was just like, "This is so good." Now, there's a couple songs on this album I would start to skip, but this this intro, and then when it kicks in here. 
Holy shit. Yeah, this is just, every time you hear it, it just puts you right in the mood for the, for the album. You feel like you could do without the guitar solo, though? No. Every guitar solo on this album oh, bangs. I couldn't do it. Yeah, every, every Prince guitar solo is essential to me. Did you just say, can you do without the guitar solo in a Prince yeah. song? Yeah, like this one, like, all of a sudden it starts going into, like, the, I don't know, seems kind of cheesy to me, but... Like on this one, if if the if the guitar solo is out of this, where he's just noodling up and down, I could do without it in this song. What was that? It's a clip of the guitar solo. It sounded just like it. Yeah. I think you could you could pick a guitar solo from any song after this one and say like, oh yeah, they were you know taken from Prince. Like, uh, I feel like Black or White by Michael Jackson is definitely. But like the end of it, the, the, stuff, stuff, you know? the 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 standard blues ending, like. Oh, eh. I love it. That's when it just yeah. gets loud. I love it. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me, That's man. Forty-two me. minute album. They can do whatever they want. It's only forty-two minutes. It's it great. Quick, I love it. Yeah. But oh. I like it. I like. I like to disagree. I like. I like the respectful, uh, different opinions. Mm-hmm. What? No. Then we're we're fight, <laughs> fight, 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 fight. I enjoy it. I think it's good. Take me with you. This is the fifth single off the album. It's a duet with Apollonia. So this. I actually watched Purple Rain, the movie, for the first time last night. Have you guys seen the movie before? What do you think of the movie? I've never <laughs> seen it. I, I, I was going to do it for this one, and I was like, no, I, my time is... It's a pretty cheesy movie, but I, I just love seeing Prince perform, so that it's worth it for that. But the movie itself like doesn't really hold up. I don't feel No, it does not hold it up, up at all. <laughs> there, there is a point, and I'll, I'll try to be as as polite about this as possible, where he essentially meets this this woman, Apollonia, their first date is essentially a motorcycle ride where they're both dressed like Rob with the chapless pants. Yeah. He convinces her to get naked and jump into a lake because it's supposed to be Lake Minnetonka, but it turns out it's not. And then yep. he gets on his motorcycle and drives away and she's pissed. And then he picks her up, but then they're happy again. <laughs> and then uh, to be frank, he there's like physical assault involved. It's very like uncomfortable. And then, yeah. And it's she leaves him. There's like some mis- misfires. But then there. he sings purple rain at the end and it's all good. It's like, this is, this is not good. Yeah, I, I I love all the shots of him performing live, but it's I don't think it's a great film. That movie sounds a lot like my life, except in like instead of going into a lake or whatever, I'm going to a Prince concert by myself and then speeding away on my motorcycle. Yes, yeah, and and not phys- you're not physically assaulting anybody. <laughs> no, yeah, no, of course that. no. That would be terrifying to me. I think we talked about that last week with my fighting that it would not go very well. There was I'll, the, I'll say this: there was go the ahead. point though where I'm watching the movie and it's you know 20 minutes in, and I think he's met her like for for a minute, and they they go for a ride on this motorcycle. She convinces her. He convinces her hey, you need to get naked and jump in this lake right now. Mm-hmm. And she does it, and he drives away on the motorcycle. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wait, this is going to work for him? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, the kid. Uh, it works for the kid. Russell, I guess. you need to get a purple outfit. You need to get a purple motorcycle. You need to go pick up women on these <laughs> motorcycles. I don't care if it's winter or whatever. Go out there, pick up women. This is your new plan. You need to do, what would Prince do? WWPD. What would Prince do? Just follow that. You're set. Megan's I'll just say this, you know, the, the Apollonia, there's a number of, I don't know if Apollonia is considered a backdrop singer, backup singer. I think she's part, you know, she's a duet, but the backup singers on this album are unbelievable. Yeah, if you actually not. listen to, yep. you know, the use of them and how, I don't know if it's how loud they are, Rosie, maybe you can help me, but it seems like they're very pronounced in all of the songs. They're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're excellent. And I, I think, so I did try to listen to see if I could hear differences between the 
the regular, you know, the original Purple Rain and the the 2015 remaster. And I felt like in the remaster, the background singing was even clearer and sort of pumped up. But yeah, yeah. I think it's just, it was just, um, I think you're just picking up on Prince's attention to detail that, you know, everybody was locked in and then I'm sure every sound on the album was just gone over meticulously. But yeah, the whole band is just tight. I mean, so, when he's allowing the band to play, like I know he's doing stuff on his own a lot. Can you guys tell me like Apollonia, like I knew about that from that Kanye song, right? Yeah. Gold right. Digger, where he, or no, uh, Bigger, Faster, Stronger. What, what yeah. is, what is, did he just have like these women that he would make into superstar, like singers and then also date them? Is that what he would do? Like, is it, was it one of those things? I think so. He also definitely had a type. He was like really into the, you know, ethnically ambiguous uh, ladies. I mean, I think Prince's relationship to women uh, throughout the eighties and even the nineties is like maybe um, the not so bright mark on his life and his biography. Right. And maybe is why late in his life, he really tried to put women over. I mean, he always tried to put women artists over, but um, particularly in his at the end of his life, he was really putting female bands over because I, I don't think he always treated women the best. Well, so I think that's a good intro to this next song called The Beautiful Ones. This, yeah. first of all, this replaced a song on the album that was called Electric Intercourse. So we have we, we, are, <laughs> we don't get to hear Electric Intercourse, which is a real bummer. Uh, but this is a song about vanity. And vanity is quite the story, right? Vanity is a girlfriend that he met in 1980. And she was not named Vanity. That was the stage name that Prince gave her. Okay. Because he said that he's, she was so beautiful that when he looked at her, he thought he was looking at himself. <laughs> That's kind of weird. <laughs> what? Um, no. Would you okay. date a female version of yourself, Aaron? I would date a female version of myself. Oh, yeah. In a second. <laughs> Seriously. Would you date a female version of yourself? I'm not kidding. Absolutely not. No. No. Not. What? That wouldn't be a good idea. I would date a female think, version think of any of, all of you guys. Of so we're all <laughs> Rob's married, Rosie's married. Yeah. I'm married. The three of us have absolutely gone up in the world. You know, so if we were dating ourselves, we'd be going way up. Somehow we got lucky enough to yeah. date absolutely up. You know, way above our way above I our pay grade, yeah, quote unquote pay grade. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd, be coming, in the I'd be coming way back down. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <No. laughs> I'd be coming way back down. I mean, I, I would lock myself. myself in the garage if I were dating myself. And now who comes in? A female version of you, also locked in the garage. Think about it. Totally, <laughs> totally bald. Can Russell, you can what? you can you imagine Matt and Mathena? They're them just sitting in there with their double knit sweatshirts Mathena. on, watching like like <laughs> the, the trick or treaters oh. come by and they're turning the lights off. And... <laughs> That's so good. And Russell Fuck. just held hey, a sign. Yes, I would date a female version of me. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So this is the beautiful ones. By the way, if you can see in my this notes, is... I did write down. Ask the guys if they would date a female version of themselves. <laughs> This song is cool, though, when you watch the Purple Rain, the movie, this is pretty intense when he's singing this song in the movie, right? Yeah, this is the first time on the album when he, like, really lets his voice all the way go. And I think one of the things that is difficult for me thinking about how to talk about this album is what can we say that hasn't already been said about this album, but I might surprise you guys and say that a thought popped into my mind listening to this that maybe no one has said before about Prince, which is that... That he has a lot of rats running around in the background as a sound effect and you can't figure out why? <laughs> when I listen to this song, it's a pretty, you know, sparse, simple musical arrangement, and then he's just going ham on the vocals. This is when he, like, really, on the first time on the album, just really lets it go. 
and it it I've I've been uh, in the last year and a half trying to read Kierkegaard, and it reminded me <laughs> of it reminded me like as a good Saint Olaf grad you should read Kierkegaard. It reminded me of oh, how mm-hmm. is that Kierkegaard in, in that, I think you say Kierkegaard. I mean it's Danish. I don't know exactly how to say it right. What? But in fear and trembling, he just hey, like, I like Danishes. Yeah, Danishes, anyone? So Danishes? Oh, little lemon, little about, oh. He's so stoked about the Old Testament, about the Abraham story. And so like the ability to work yourself into a frenzy over something simple and, and sort of dry, uh, to me somehow, like I drew a, I drew a connection there. I don't know. I, I don't think my mind works correctly. No, 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 no. I had in my notes, my I had in my notes, bring up Kierkegaard. <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? That was by far no other. All the other ones, I'm going to go back to all the podcasts, scrub that out, scrub anyone we've ever done out. That was the number one Aaron Leftfield take of the week of all time, uh. big time. Not even it's not even close. Uh, oh, Russell. Oh, yes, boy. Rob. Is the water warm enough? <laughs> yes, Rob. Shall we begin? <laughs> yes, Rob. <laughs> I gotta say, this song is the one I skipped every time. Originally, this song was supposed to be 12 minutes long before they put on uh, "Take Me With You" and cut this album, cut this song. Is there anything down. more 1982 to 84 ish than this song? No. And or the no. fact that they named it like "Computer," like oh, computer, this is what a yeah. is like. Oh. I will say, though, this starting when I was at work today, like grading like papers and I'm sitting with all my coworkers and I'm listening to this. And I was like, oh, this reminded me once I was in middle school and I was reading like a Stephen King book after a test. And there was just this graphic, graphic sex scene. And I remember looking around being like, oh, my God, I'm like reading a sex scene in middle school. That's exactly what (laughs) listening to the song is like. It's so sexy. I mean, it's just, oof. So good. And even the Sneaky, next one, yeah. the first, the first couple lines in the next one. I don't know who Darling is, Nikki is. We'll set your pants on fire. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. This is the first dance at our wedding. I didn't think it was too bad. <laughs> so this, this is the clip Russ sent. By the way, I want to be. <laughs> was it or not? Uh, it was it or not? Give me a break, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not play this part? You have to. Yeah. I think, is this the first time the word masturbate has showed up on the list so far? I think it's Sex Fiend as well, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys know that that song is, like, partially kind of responsible for how music started getting censored in the 80s? And and I read that. So Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife at the time, bought Purple Rain for their daughter and heard the lyrics and freaked out. And then that was what started kind of all these albums uh, having to put the parental advisory stickers on all the albums. I thought that was crazy. Since Al Gore invented the internet, he could just cut it out of the internet. (laughs) Can you imagine that that was a song that offended people back then? Like compared to what we have now, like it's like, oh, this girl masturbated in the lobby and everybody's like, oh my God. Like five years later, NWA comes up. And meanwhile, of course. Motherfuck Snoop, motherfuck Dre, motherfuck death. We're at the age, of course, where when we saw those stickers on an album, we're like, yeah. Yes, give it to me. Like when my grandmother bought me the Adam Sandler album and I saw it had that sticker, I was like, hell yeah, this is what I get. <laughs> Tricking my grandma into buying me albums that my parents wouldn't buy me. Oh, so yeah. Now, now, this song was about someone named Nikki. Now, Beck has also done a similar song about a woman named Deborah. And I wanted to pull this up because Beck was definitely influenced by Prince on this. And I might argue that he does Prince better than Prince on this song. Check it out. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 
This is way wow. better. Now, does he mention masturbating? Let's find out. That is good, Russell. Those horns are awesome. Woo. Does he say something about a sister? Wow. That, but so I, when you hear that, you immediately think, okay, this is influenced by Prince. And I think I think Beck does Prince better than Prince on that one. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. I would rather listen to that than Darling Nikki. And I didn't mind Darling I, Nikki, but that song was a banger. Deborah? Woo. Russell, I tried to go with you as often as I can, but I cannot. I just I can't agree. I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be read the dissenting opinion on that one. And bleep, edit bleep points. this out, Rob. <laughs> Did it better. What's a what's a more uh, '80s name, Nikki or Debbie? Ooh, we well, need to move on. You really got to see. This is Nikki N I K K I. I mean, this is I like think, yeah, Nikki with two Stacey? K's. This is '80s as a <laughs> Now I have a confession to make here. Okay. When I was in middle school, for some reason, they would play When Doves Cry all the time on the radio station I listened to. I, I don't know why. It was a pop radio station. But they would play When Doves Cry all the time. And this was the age where I learned kind of – I started thinking about like what sex was. To me, this song 100% was sex. Like the combination what? of this song yeah. and the video, this is the sexiest song of all time. It's, it's not even close. When you listen to – when I was like – I listened to this and I was like, oh my God, like imagine the sweat all over your body. I was like, is this what sex is like? Now, since then I've learned it's actually nothing like a Prince song whatsoever, but I, I just listened to this so freaking just. I think there are some Prince songs that are like two and a half minutes long. <laughs> I'm not responding I get it. to that. That's I too get easy it. of a joke. <laughs> This I know. Song, Rosie talking easy. about porn This again. song, if you listen to it, there's no bass. There's no bass guitar in this whole song. I know. Isn't that crazy? I never realized that before. So it's Prince a, and it's a big deal. Like Prince was a funketeer, man. Like it's a crazy thing for him to take the bass out. It was like him saying, let me see what I can do with one hand tied behind my back. I imagine listen. bass players heard this and they were like, well, shit, Prince isn't hiring bass players anymore. We're screwed. But listen to this. Engaged in a kiss. Oh, yeah. I mean, sex on top of sex. On though, right? I know. No, who's, no, so good. Oh, you're this. I mean, it's so good. So the, the director of this movie apparently said, listen, we got this scene. I need you to write a song for it. He came back the next day with this song. That I mean, that's like, it's it's musical genius on top of musical genius. It's crazy. I, so, Rob, you had the quintessential Minnesotan experience with this song, which was hearing it on the radio, which, like, when I moved to Minnesota, everyone was crazy about Prince. And I, I will be honest, I didn't understand it uh, until later in my life. I learned this song from the Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet movie when they sing it in that movie. Like, I didn't even realize it was like, so I, I, I'm I, late pass for me. That that song was about a different member in Apollonia's band, the Apollonia nine, the band he set up for Apollonia. It was about, I mean, can you imagine if Prince came and said, Oh, here's a song I sang for you. Here's a song I wrote about you. And is that song? You'd just be like, well, I, I, I heard maybe Aaron or Matt, maybe you know this. I heard that Prince wrote a lot of songs for other people. Are there famous ones out there that you guys are aware of that Prince wrote for other artists or other bands? Well, yeah. Like the most famous Shanane O'Connor song of all time. The other one I know is uh, the other one I know is Manic Monday, which he wrote for the Bangles because he was sleeping with their lead singer. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, he wrote Manic Monday. 
Uh, and then, you know, like, I mean, there's other stuff where he wrote, like, you know, Morris Day in the Time, like, some Time albums yeah. are probably, like, entirely but, Prince, it, but it would be kind of a bummer if you were sleeping with him and he comes up with Manic Monday, and meanwhile, for some other woman, he was like, <laughs> take a few bullets. Animals strike curious poses. You'd be like, wait a minute, what? I get Manic Monday? And this woman gets a video of you in a bathtub? So the keyboard solo at the end of the song, guys, we've got another where they recorded it. He played it at half speed, and then they sped it up in the recording. And then what's so funny is that he made his keyboard player later be like, hey, when we play this live, you got to learn how to play it this fast. So he actually slowed this down and played it at half speed. That's cruel. And then he was like, okay, learn how to play this. I mean, even this. Is this the sexiest keyboard solo of all time? And I know when I'm talking about sexy stuff and then you look at the zoom and you just see my face all close to the screen, like it doesn't compute, like it's like two opposite things. I, go but from, I just go from midnight to six. What? Some some of our listeners will get that. <laughs> I don't. All right. Uh, <laughs> I would die for you. So now we're to the last three al- the last three songs on this album. This is how short the album is. It's brilliant. So let's ask, but let's ask our vinyl expert. Uh, what are so are there three or four songs on side on the B side of this album or side two, whatever it's called? It's very hard to see the back side of it because it's all sparkly cursive writing. So I can't even really tell you offhand. It's too the, the album cover is too oh fancy God, to even yeah, understand what is on both sides. I think when doves cry is the beginning of side oh, two. Oh, because yeah, side two like this I think is the first album we've been through where side two just like gets better and better and better all the way to the end well and that was the problem is i texted you guys and i said i really don't like this album i really and i realized that when i was doing that i was listening to computer blue and then all of a sudden i was like oh it's picking up steam it's picking up steam these last three songs are recorded live at uh first avenue and then they overdubbed some tracks on top of it but these are all live songs and they are so banging i would die for you this is the song i've been singing the most off the album and then later I found out it's all about Jesus, where he's talking yeah, as if I he's Jesus. He, and, yeah, I think he stopped performing this one, right? Because it was like uh, blasphemous to talk as though you were Jesus. Oh, so good. I was just going to say, like, a song about Jesus seems cool to me. Like, it's the same as, like, thinking a song about Johnny Cash shooting a man in arena to watch him die is cool. Like, if you think Jesus is fun, like, get into it. Got you. So this is one of the songs that Prince actually performs in the movie Purple Rain. So they're like when Doves Cry is in the movie Purple Rain, but it's just kind of played in the background during a montage. And Purple Rain, he performs at the very end of the movie, which is also very famous, but he performs this one. So I thought we could do a list of the greatest movie song performances ever. I love this. Oh, um, so Oh, yeah. Ooh, I like that. Oh, yeah. I think that's a good one. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Now, movie songs are really broad, so I had to narrow it down a little bit. So the first thing I said is it has to be an actor or an actress in the movie. So you can't take uh, Celine Dion and take the song from the Titanic. She's not in the movie. She's not singing in the movie. That song is out. I thought she was the captain of the ship. That movie is. What about like Frozen? I also have a rule. I also have a rule, Matt. No cartoons on this list. (laughs) And then, and then finally, it has to be performed in the movie, so it cannot be just a theme song like Will Smith "Men in Black." I don't think is performed in the movie. It's just kind of a theme song for the movie, but he's not singing it in the movie. So that's kind of where I'm going to narrow it down a little bit. Number four on the list is from the movie Dreamgirls. Jennifer Hudson. 
And I'm telling you, I'm not going. <laughs> he gives it. You know what? She's no Ruben Stuttered, but she was pretty good on her. Oh, oh yes, Rob. <laughs> that's wow, perfect. That's a pull. That's a, that's a pull. The sad thing is, Ruben oh, Stuttered geez. is not really a pull for me. I probably talk about him once a week. <laughs> oh, she's so good. She's going to play Aretha in the Aretha biopic in December. I saw that. That'll be good. Oh, she's so good. That's a good choice, Russell. Back to the one better thing movie I will night. also say is I also eliminated actors who are playing previous artists. So the what the guy who played Johnny Cash and walked the line, that is also out of this list, too. Biopics out. I like it. All right. Number three on the list was a recent hit, an awesome movie, I think. I've got Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper with Shallow and a Star is Born. I'm out of, I'm out of commission. It's so good. I saw it's Lady Gaga good. live in Las Vegas after this came out. And I missed I missed the one with Bradley Cooper by one weekend where he came and sang the duet with her. I didn't know what to expect when I watched this, and I watched it on a plane. I don't I was not sitting in first class by Matt, but so I had to wait. I didn't get drinks. There was no dog shitting by me. But I watched this for the first time, and when she comes out on stage and sings that song in the movie, it gave me chills. That is like an amazing movie moment, isn't it? Jerker, you got to hold back incredible. the tears. Yeah. You feel great. I, for oh, that movie was so funny. I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the theater. Ah, 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 uh, ah. I was standing. Rob, ah, ah, ah. Rob, you're so lucky that you were able to enjoy this movie and find it funny. Oh no, we almost brought our kids to that because we liked the song so oh. much, and then we went to the movie and we're like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> it's so silly because there have been what three other versions of this movie, so I should have watched yeah. one of them and and been able to know what was happening. I would have been happy for a spoiler alert for this movie. I did not. I was not prepared for the ending. Yep. It knocked me on my ass for a week. Great song. Yeah. Good choice for us. Fantastic movie and fantastic music. The next one I wanted to put as number one, but I was worried Aaron would yell at me. But the next one is we're talking about record stores today. I'm going to High Fidelity, Jack oh, good Black. Movie. Let's Top get 10 it movie on. of all time. Good movie. Love that movie. I mean, I think Ten he does a pretty good time. job. I, I can't I can't hate on Jack Black. I, I think he's true to the song. I do want to remind he you, this is the song. The now, he's singing this in a karaoke contest in the movie. I also sang this song for a karaoke contest and won a free burger at Rooster. Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I think Jack does a good job. I got, I got to give it up. And if you have to if you have to look at this song from what you're expecting when Jack Black goes yeah. up there in that movie and then he does that, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty good. Yeah, I can't, I can't hate on it. All right. And the number one, I had to put this number one or I felt like Aaron may quit the podcast. We're going with Whitney Houston. I always love you, the bodyguard. Yes. Wow. <laughs> this is not. I started this podcast by telling the guys I'm not going to repeat jokes, and I think I've repeated every joke from last week. Okay, so I just crushed Russell's list. I am really, I am hitting the brakes on this podcast. Whitney Houston. Oh. This was on heavy rotation when I was listening to the radio in like middle school too. I must yeah, have heard this, this song a bazillion in, times. This was always in the top five at nine. You guys know who uh, originally sang the song? I do. No. Tell us, Matt. Dolly Parton. Dolly. I had no idea. Wow. I had no idea until this year. There's a you know, documentary. You know what's really crazy is that the story I heard is that they, for this movie, they were like, 
you know, looking for songs and they're like, what are we going to do for a song? What are we going to do? And it was Kevin Costner, who was a big Dolly Parton fan and was like, Hey, you should just do, I will always love you. And Whitney Houston was like, okay, I'll sing it. And then it's like the biggest hit guys. This is the fourth best selling album of all time is the soundtrack to the bodyguard. Name one other song on that album. I have nothing queen of the night. Uh, Run to you. No, nope. don't it's make me close one more door. Okay, okay, okay. I don't Shut want to run to you. Is that what it is? <laughs> it's so rude that you would interrupt Russell's list. God, yeah. I can't believe Russell. So I have on this list, and now you're just ripping Great off point, all these other basic songs. <laughs> so if you guys could, let's take Whitney Houston off the list. I think that's clearly the winner. Where, where would who would you put up there? One of these Prince songs, Jennifer Hudson, Lady Gaga, or Jack Black? Uh, Jack Black. I, sure. I got to go, Lady Gaga. That song is too good. I might give it to Jennifer Hudson. Guys, it's a tie. It's, I might, I might give her the top spot. I might give her. Okay, the top Russell, spot. you're the tiebreaker. What do you think? I have no joke on this one. I figured I couldn't mess with Whitney Houston or Aaron McQuinn <laughs> after the whole thing. <laughs> Aaron's oh, locked in his garage. I wouldn't take too much of his opinion of what, <laughs> what he thinks. All right, baby, I'm a star. I love these fast, up-tempo Prince songs. Oh. I saw the programming is, and all these. This is one of the songs he performed at the Super Bowl, is what I read. Yeah. And don't you think, like, some of this Prince stuff, like Purple Rain coming up, don't you think that has more of a legend because of the, the Super Bowl show? That Super oh. Bowl show is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on television. I Have totally you watched agree. that recently, Russell, the Super Bowl show? I have, and there's actually a really good YouTube clip on it. It's like a half-hour kind of documentary about it where he goes out there, and they're freaking out about the rain, and Prince doesn't care or whatever. And the, one of the cool stories at the beginning is Prince tells the producer, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to stand there and do not hit that music until I move my hat or something. There's a there's a cue, and he says, I don't care how long it takes. Don't do it. And so he goes out there, and he waits for like a minute. Yeah. And the producer's like, what the fuck's he doing? What's he doing? He's got to move. <laughs> but he waited, 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 and then he finally played it, and then Prince just absolutely destroyed. Uh, I watched that clip at least once a year. It is the best halftime. I mean, the halftime show has turned into an absolute dog and pony show. It's just horrible. But this pur- Purple Rain or uh, Prince's halftime show is the best one ever, right? Of all yeah. fifty or whatever Super I'm, Bowls. I mean, it's hard to argue uh, yeah. with it. It literally yeah. pouring rain during while he's singing Purple Rain. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you can't be. If, yeah. if he would have paid a billion dollars to make sure that happened, like to to bring in some you know rainstorm, I would believe he would do that. I got to tell you right now, I watched the Britney Spears Aerosmith halftime show when I was in Russia in college, and it was like four in the morning or whatever. We we're watching the <laughs> halftime show, and we were in a sports bar where they had pictures of like uh, sports people, you know, all over the. And one of the sports people they had a picture of was Doink the Clown. (laughs) (laughs) Purple Rain. This is actually the third single off this album after uh, When Doves Cry and then Let's Go Crazy. By the way, uh, both of those hit number one on the charts. Purple Rain never did. The highest it got was number two. Do you want to know what song kept Purple Rain off the charts? I really yeah. don't. I, yeah, I don't, I do. but. Can you think of a more opposite song? Whoa. Get the fuck out of here. No way. Get yeah. the hell out oh, of here. Is, the, is this song incredibly sexy? Yes. But does it deserve to be above Purple Rain? <laughs> Absolutely not. But that's an interesting fact. That's a very good fact. Is this Wham? Yeah. Yes. George Michael and Wham. Wham, right? Yeah. Wow. That's an atrocity. Uh. After he, although uh, so, I would say that uh, 
sorry, I don't mean to do this, but oh, no. that is Uh-oh. interesting because I Get think ready, a lot Rob. I think a lot of Purple Rain was Prince crossing over onto pop radio as a black artist. So things like leaving the baseline out of When Doves Cry was a thing like black music would never do that. And George Michael is one of the white artists who got play on black radio, R&B radio. So it's interesting to me that they would be like, their fates would be intertwined like that at the top of the charts in 1984. Interesting. That was actually a pretty normal take. I'm, that was a good take. I'm insanely yeah. disappointed. <laughs> I've never been more disappointed you of you in my life. You know what, Rosie? Yeah. Go out and what? sleep in the garage. You're punished. Yeah. And I will say, Lock you in I'll there. tell the story some other time, but my mom did make me sleep in the garage one night, so I know exactly how you feel. Uh, so play the song. Do we got to hear, yeah, we gotta, yeah. we gotta hear the opening. All right, or let's hear the around. opening. Here we go. I, I got to ask. I got to say, I got to <laughs> listen to the song again. I think it's great, guys. I have a question for Matt on this song. Unless Can you imagine if he made a movie called Wake Me Up? Okay, never mind. Bad. Go, go. <laughs> Rob, if we don't hear some Purple Rain now, there's going to be a, a overturning of the podcast. All right, let's play it. Do you think <laughs> us having been from Minnesota or lived in Minnesota, Aaron, for a while, do we overrate Prince, like, do we yes, put Purple yes. Rain as an amazing yes, song, yes, whereas most no, people don't? Because, yes, because no. I was never a huge Prince fan growing up, and this was the first time I listened to this album, and I didn't, I know a lot of the songs, but I'm, I'm not a big Prince fan, and I love the album. And then I listened to Purple Rain, and I'm like, I could easily see this being, like, one of the best songs. And I looked it up, and Rolling Stone had it as ranked 144, and that kind of blew me away, so I fine. wondered if we just overrate it. Matt? I, I think, I, and we'll... Maybe we'll hear the song at some point. Yeah, Rob, know. you have to play Purple Rain now. <laughs> I'm going to. I want to hear what Matt has to say. I'm, I'm, I want to hear the song. All first. right, let's play real quick. Maybe I'll change my tape. I'm not going to talk over the song. I'll wait till it's done. I'll talk over it. Originally, that he wrote this as a country song, and he wanted to have the Stevie Nicks sing this. And so cool. he's, he sent Stevie Nicks a 10-minute instrumental. He's like, here, make lyrics for this. And she was like, uh, uh, and she got so intimidated, she couldn't do it. What you could imagine getting a 10-minute song from Prince, and he's like, here, write lyrics. You'd be like, uh, be terrifying. This is just, 144, is that properly ranked? The Hell no. No. All right, hell Matt, no. what were you going to say? I was, I was, I'm, I'm not a fan of that song. I, what? I, I'm no. not a fan of that song. I like this album. I, I thought I didn't like this album. I think because the album's called Purple Rain, you know, and so I associate this song with the whole album, and I forget about the other songs, I, and I discount it because of that. And so I, I went into this with a completely negative attitude listening to this album. I, I think much to like what Rob said, yep. because I don't like this song. I mean, it's fine. It's a great song. Yeah. And you know, it's, 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 it's better than most kind of a thing, but like it, it just doesn't, most. it does it's better than like, I, I, or I, boat I, or. I wildly disagree. I like, if you would have told me this was like uh, in the top 20 on Rolling Stones list, I would have said it, it belongs every bit up there. I don't know musically if it should, but like that song just wails. I think the other four the other four songs that they released I would I would take them over this song. I I think that to the Minnesota thing I think because the movie was here it was at first Ave 
you know, it's the name of the movie. I think everybody just associates all of that with this song and wraps mm. it up into one big bow and says, this is the greatest song ever. Where I think the other four songs that they released are better than Purple Rain. I, so, I, I, I have to agree with Matt. I, I, I think that, I mean, uh, normally we would all say that, oh, Matt's being a big crumb bum and we'd all make fun of Matt. And then <laughs> I'd make a joke about Aaron's Garage. And, you know, we, we don't have to do it. We know how it goes. But... I think Matt makes a good point. This song is so different, and it was a huge departure for him, right? Like, this was a song that it, it, he originally wanted to be a country, and then he, some of these people were talking about how he tried to make it into a Bob Seger song, which I can't really hear, but it's so different than his, like, funky, fast songs on this album. I I have to agree with Matt. I don't think it's the best song on the album. What, I do think it's a great song. What's weird to me, though, is, like, it sounds like a funk song played at halftime. It's like a funk tune because everything's on the one. And then the guitar work to me is clearly influenced by Funkadelic and Eddie Hazel. So I, to me, it sounds like a funk song. I didn't understand one thing you said there, so I'll have to just agree. <laughs> well, Russell you. will now explain <laughs> to us what guitar on the one means. Russell, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> guitar on the one. So I actually watched, I, I did watch a, di- a different movie on, on Prince and I saw him described and you guys can rip me all you want here, but someone described him as kind of a cross between James Brown and Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. From from yeah. like a, a musical right. perspective and like a showman perspective, and I thought that was what resonated with me. And I was like, that I'm, I don't know enough about Prince's music to say, hey, that's in line or out of line. But I thought it was pretty cool comparison. I think I think, I think that Jimi Hendrix comparison is especially apt. I think it's a whole different sound than what people were used to, and it's just it, yeah. it's so great. I I have to say, guys, one of my favorite albums to go to, and I, I'm telling you, I hope we have more 42 minute albums. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be great. So How many songs around this? Nine or ten? Nine. So yeah. I, I also loved having nine songs to get through as opposed yeah. to like the 17 on that, the Abbey road, <laughs> the Beatles yes. or. Yeah. And especially, and especially when, uh, you know, every time that computer blue song came out, I was like, burp, skip, skip. There was only eight. It was great. It was wonderful. <laughs> you know what? I, w- I would say though, when I was listening to it, there were songs that I didn't like the first time, but the more I listened to it over and over, every time I would find something in the, in that song where I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Maybe this is my new favorite song on the album. Like, I kept hearing different stuff that I just thought rocked. Yeah. That's the fun part of doing this. I think I've had that experience with every album we've listened to so far. Oh, so to Rob's point, the top 10 albums are good albums? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like like you saying that's my point, by the way. That makes me sound very dumb. (laughs) Well, this wasn't wasn't a top 10 album before, though. No. No. Yeah, which is wild to me. And it rightfully got bumped up. I think their whole... You know who they had coming in and voting. Prince Prince has to be bumped up. It's it's totally the correct call, and I have to agree with Russell. I do think listening to the music is the most fun part of making this podcast. All right, so let's get into our final rating system. Uh, I'd made, I'd made it like an hour and ten minutes in without Rob like ripping me openly, and he finally got it in there. Uh, Rolling well tone. Do you think this album belongs right where it is at number eight on the list? Uh, Rolling bone. Is it too low on the list? It should be a higher number. Or is this album Rolling grown? It's too high on the list. It should be lower on the. It's too high on the list. It should be a lower number. That doesn't make no. It should be a. Lower number, which in this case means a higher number because you're going down the list. I, guys, it makes sense to me. I don't need to explain it to you. Russell, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling grown? I think I never listened to this before, and I don't think this is me being a Minnesota homer on it. I just think it. some of the lyrics don't really resonate with me, but when I just listen to it, if you were to just put watermelon, watermelon to all the lyrics – this would be my favorite album to listen to so far that we've listened to, I think. So wow. I don't think it ranks up ahead of Marvin Gaye or some of these other albums that actually have something like some meat to the bones, if you will. But I think that 
this was rolling bone with masturbating with the magazine in the corner or whatever it was. It got boned badly. And this was rolling bone. This should be higher. This should be higher than Joni Mitchell album. I think it's higher than Stevie Wonder. I think it's higher than Abbey Road. I think this should be in like the top three or four, even though I don't think the the lyrics or the meaning really resonate with me as much as some of the other ones do. I will say when I moved to New York, I used to talk to people about Minnesota and they would not be interested. And I was like, wait a minute. Everyone doesn't love Minnesota as much as Minnesotans do. I'm like wearing my shirt. Minnesotans love two things, Minnesota and things with pictures of Minnesota on it. Matt, rolling, uh, what's your, <laughs> rolling going? No, Rob, what's your final rating? Good, Rob. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's my favorite Matt Light of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to say it's uh what what is it when it's just rated just right? What's that again? Rolling well toned, and that's a funny joke that you would forget that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> rolling. I'll just say it's rolling well toned. I I fully. I didn't listen to this album until about an hour and a half before the podcast. I'm not gonna lie. I just was dreading putting it on, and I also got four new Pearl Jam uh, vinyls myself. So I've been listening Ooh, to nice. those. I they didn't also. have that at that record the store. Record I went yeah. to. Didn't have yeah. jack shit there. Yeah, so I've been listening to that, and so I I was fully ready to come in and just say, this is just, I don't like this album. You know, Sign of the Times is probably a more uh, Prince album for me, um, but I'll say it's whirling well tone. There are some great, great songs. There's a couple really bad ones, but overall it is, um, it, it moved the needle Shit. as far as what music was from kind of the 70s into the early 80s and then to everything after that. You know, it was absolutely influential um, and so I'll say it's whirling well-toned at number eight. Um, so I got to agree with Matt. Um, this is not, well, I'll agree with Matt and say that this is probably not my favorite Prince album, which is probably either Sign of the Times or Dirty Mind. But um, it's for sure to me better than a lot of the stuff we've we've already listened to. So, um, you know, I'd put it ahead of Rumors. I'd probably put it ahead of Blue. I would put it, uh, I don't know if I'd put it ahead of Songs in the Key of, key of Life, but uh, long story short, I got to say Rolling Bone for Purple Rain. Aaron, that was a really great thing that you said about this album. I just, I can't get enough of what you said. Oh, I'm so glad I definitely listened to that. Uh, that, that was a great take, Aaron. I, I never really wondered, why does, what's up with Prince in purple, though, before we get to Rob's rating? And I'm not really sure, but he does wear that kind of purple velvet suit in the movie. And so in honor of that, tonight I went and got... Croft Purple Velvet Port, and I've been drinking port wine oh, called Purple Velvet during this you podcast. Got to be how much have you? How much port have you had? You must be shit faced. I, I thought you looked more classy tonight, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Is more classy? Is that how you one, say it? I've only had about one glass of it. I don't really know what port's going to do to me. And if it being Purple Velvet, I was like, I, I can't overdo this one. <laughs> no, I think a lot of the greatest wines ever made in the world were called Purple Velvet. Definitely not, <laughs> Rob. I, that was in the discount rack. Now. Next to that uh, Big Bopper <laughs> album, Rob, how would you rate this album? Uh, I'll tell you what I would. I, I I'll say it again. I love listening to this album. I, I I actually had the thought today. I'm bummed now that we have to listen to Bob Dylan's album next oh, because I had such a great bummed. time. I had a great time listening to this one. I just don't think it's gonna it's gonna do as well. Uh, but I will say I think I am gonna give this a ranking of hard own. <laughs> oh no! And that's because this would have been hard for me to own as a kid because it had that sticker on there. What were you guys thinking? I was saying I couldn't, have, you know, Tipper Gore screwed me over. I don't know. I, I, that's what I thought. 
So that is it for us here at Beck Did It Better. Uh, next up, we've got Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. Good to see you, everybody. Is that what I say? Good to see you? God damn it, Rob. Hit the brakes again on this podcast. They're listening to us. How, how All right. See us? Beck did it better. Whatever. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wrong song. My bad. All right. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time But you're just too lazy to look it up online If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack Beck did it better Guys, I have to say it's such a shame this podcast had to, to end. end. Purple did it rain, purple rain, rain. purple rain, purple rain, did it better, did it better, purple rain. Uh oh, purple rain. Aaron's wife has come out and opened up the garage door and told him to quiet down out there. <laughs> <laughs> the singing is so bad the rats ran right into his tent. All right, well, good night, everybody. <laughs>